everyone. Welcome to Handing the Shame Back, a channel dedicated to the amazing survivors of sexual abuse out there in the world. This is a channel dedicated to you and we're here to support you, hear your stories and also hope that you feel less alone through observing, listening or, or watching them. As with all shows, there's a trigger warning and this one's no different. But this particular episode is actually part two with the amazing Nathan Spiteri. He's a survivor, he's an advocate, he's an author and he is an actor. And he comes to us from New York, but just a brief recap. When he was living in Canberra as a child, he was sexually abused, raped by a man unknown to him, which was to continue for five years or nearly six years. There were lots and lots of uh, different threads to this, so I encourage you to go back and watch part one if you've missed it. Nathan, welcome back. Thank you, it's nice to be back. <laughs> I'm excited for the second part. Yeah, so look, I'm excited too. Better be as good as the first one. No, just joking, whatever. Hey, well, it'll be, make it. No, no pressure is what she meant to say. So look, I guess from your perspective, when you think about what you experience, which no child should ever have to, um, what were some of those impacts for you? Like what did you notice you got stuck in and then were able to maybe heal from? So kind of where was the hard stuff and how were you able to navigate your way through sure 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 i think the hardest thing for me throughout everything until i was until i was able to come out about it and tell my story and and, and get the help and the, and the recovery was just the shame of it all and not being able to talk about it and the self-sabotage in that I don't deserve love. I don't deserve to be with anyone. I don't deserve any success or any happiness in my life that this is what I deserve. I deserve to be hurt. And I was so angry. And so there was so much anger and hatred inside of me that I hated myself for what was done to me. And I hated the world. So, you know, as the saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. And I was hurting and all I knew how to do or all I knew to do was to hurt other people around me, hurt the people who loved me the most and, and the ones that were closest to me. So uh, isn't that interesting what you're saying? See, I'd love to know what you think of this. So the abuse stopped, but you picked it up and kept running with it, which is what we do. Yeah. We, Again, because. Yeah. Again, because it was all I knew still. I hadn't done the work. I didn't yeah. know. I hadn't educated myself. So for me, this was the norm. Being abusive with men, being raped by men, having, you know, promiscuous sex and, and violence and, and drama and, you know, all of that stuff, the drugs. It was all I knew. And and having this sex with these men and, and, and the drugs, it was a form of escapism. It was able, it allowed me to, to, escape reality and, and just kind of 
live in my own little fantasy world of who I was and what I was. And that was why I, I big part of me becoming an actor as well, because I, as a kid, would just watch movie after movie after movie to escape my life and to escape who I was and what I was and what I was going through. So, you know, I, I think it was all self-sabotage. It was anger, it was hatred, it was shame. It was imposter syndrome. I don't deserve, I don't, you know, any of that stuff. So a few of the big things I learned in, in therapy, if, if we can go there, and this is how I, I was able to overcome that, was probably about six months into my therapy, six months to a year. My therapist said to me, Nathan, if you could go back and speak to your eight-year-old self, what would you tell him? And my therapist was a tough lady. She was, she was a tough old lady. She was about five foot nothing. God rest her soul. She's, she's passed away now. But she she was on me and she stayed on me. And she, we, you know, we were in the fight together. And she kept saying, what would you tell yourself? And I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And she would just, come on, you know, what would you tell yourself? And then it just kind of clicked. It, it came to me. And the answer was, and this goes for everyone and anyone, it wasn't your, your fault. fault. Yep. As soon as I discovered that such a weight was lifted off my shoulders and and. I began to understand this man and my relationship with this man and, and who I was and what he was and who he, you know, what he did to me. So that was one big part of my healing. Another big part of my healing was owning my shit, owning who I was and what I did and owning the hurt that I put onto others. Cause like I said, hurt people, hurt people. So I was hurting a lot of people around me. And not, I wasn't a very nice person. So, but once I was able to own my shit, own my responsibility, own the hurt that I put on others, again, I gained my freedom. I gained a sense of understanding because I was able to let go a lot of that guilt, a lot of that shame, a lot of that self-sabotage and understand that the shame that was put into me was by this man. I wasn't born with shame. You weren't born with shame. None of us are born with shame. Shame is put into us by our abusers. They put their shame into us. So once I discovered that, that was another huge thing in, in my recovery. Um, a third thing was forgiveness. And let me clarify forgiveness because we're all human beings. What this man did to me, I will never forgive him for that. So when I say forgiveness, I forgive myself for what was done to me and the hurt I did to others. And in me being able to forgive myself, it was a long, it went a long way for me to then again being able to form some kind of forgiveness for this man. And I'm never going to forgive him. But in order for me to move forward with my life, in order for me to get over this anger and this hatred that just lived inside of me, I needed to forgive so that I'm able to move forward, that I'm able to let go of that. And, you know, you touched on it earlier when, you know, a lot of people say to me, Nathan, get over it. It happened 30 years ago. And, you know, you said what happened to us is, will live in us forever. And 
And it's true because what happened to me, what happened to you, it's now part of my DNA. It's a part of who I am. Yeah. And it's not about throwing it away and pretending it, it never existed. It's about learning with learning from it, evolving myself with it, moving forward with it so that I am able to grow. I am able to evolve as a person. I am able to move forward as a person with it because it's always going to be there. Understand it, grow from it, educate myself. So it all comes back to education. I agree and, with you, and I like what you're saying, and I have to stop you because I'll forget because you're you saying a lot quite quickly. No, no actors in the room, clearly. Um, <laughs> and, and that, you know, that is this. There's a part. There is a school of thought, Nathan. That and and beautiful survivors. Hello and welcome back. So great for you to be here. Um, there is a school of thought that we should try and cut off that part of ourselves that was abused. We don't need that. We don't want that. That can leave now. Thank you very much. You, you might get your gear and F off, right? There, there is that part. And, and all survivors feel it at times. The problem is, beautiful ones, that you wouldn't be who you were today without that. I would never be doing this work. Nathan would never be doing his advocacy if it wasn't for what happened. Now, please don't misinterpret. I'm not trying to suggest for one moment that child sexual abuse is anything other than the, the cruel, intended, malicious, evil shit that it is. I'm not explaining that away at all, but I am saying at some point... We have to stop forcing it away from us and allow us to integrate. What do you think, Nathan? Absolutely, because as healed as we are and as you know, as, as much as we try and throw it away and pretend it doesn't exist, we are going to get triggered. It is going to come back and kick our ass. It is going to come back and just fucking shove itself in our face. But if we and if we just throw it away and pretend it doesn't exist, we're not going to know how to handle it and how to deal with it and how to move forward with it. But if you're able to, you know, keep it there with you, because it's always going to be there. But if you're able to understand it and move forward with it and and know what to do, know the steps you need to put in place when you are triggered, when shit comes and when this, that, and the other you're going to be able to recover from it and move forward so much quicker instead of just throwing it away, pretend it doesn't exist. Because when it comes back, it's going to, and it will come back, it's going to kick your ass twice as hard and for twice as long. Yep. So if you don't throw it away and if you are able to understand it, learn from it, educate yourself on it all the time, it's going to be easier to 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 deal with those triggers, to be able to move forward, to be able to understand it, to wait, to be able to evolve and grow and learn. Exactly, Sorry, and and there's a couple of things I love what you're saying. There's a couple of things as well. Um, you know, for our, for survivors watching, number one is this: you you might start with getting a bit shoulder tapped. There's a trigger. You might you might start feeling a bit uncomfortable. Let's say you decide to ignore all of that. Next, next minute, you're going to get a shove. 
And that might mean that the trigger comes back, but that then you start having a flashback. And then the third thing, and it will get worse, is a tsunami hits you. You have no escape. So what is for you will find you, and it's there to help you heal, believe it or not. The second thing I want to point out is this. Repeat after me, nothing but nothing you have to work through as adults was anywhere near as bad as what happened to you as a child. These are memories. Absolutely. Nothing but nothing. Yeah, that's so, so true. So true. So when I, you know, for me, when I am triggered, I see where it hits me on my body. I see what it does to me and I sit with it and I sit in it and then I learn from it and I educate myself from it and I grow from it. And then I'm able to push it away because I've got a better understanding of it. And I think the most important part in that is just to breathe because we panic, we lose sense, we you know lose control, we go out and do something silly or whatever. But if you just breathe and ground yourself, and sit in it, you're going to learn, you're going to educate yourself, you're going to be able to grow and move forward with it instead of throwing it away. And one of the, you know, one of the other things, one of the big things that my my therapist told me as well was she said, write a letter to your abuser and to your abuse. She said, you can send it, you can write a letter, do what you want with it. You can write whatever you want in it and then do what you want with it. You can keep it on you forever. Give it to a loved one, burn it, give it to your abuser. And it doesn't matter how long it takes you. So for me, I wrote a letter to my abuser telling him that, and this, I wrote this, I wrote this five years ago. So she told me in 2012, I wrote it in 2018. So it took me six years to write this letter. She said, you will know when it's right. You will know when it's time to write this letter. I wrote it as a form of closure because my man was dead. He had died and I was never going to get closure. So I wrote it as a form of closure, telling him that he does not own me anymore, telling him that he does not have the power over me anymore, telling me that I am now in control of my life. I have my power back, that it wasn't my fault. And then he gave me a toy car. The only thing he ever gave me, the only gift he ever gave me was a toy car, a little matchbox, tow truck. So I took this letter and I found this tote, this little toy car. It was still at home with all my other cars. I went down to the local park. I lit a fire and I just burnt it. I burnt the letter and I burnt the car in, 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 in with, the, with the fire, with the letter. And I didn't want anyone else to read it but me and this man. So it, you know, it burnt. The ashes flew up to the heavens and and this guy read it. And that was a big form of closure for me as well, was just being able to write a letter and kind of say, fuck you, you don't owe me anymore. I have my power back. I am who I am. And yeah, you know, you know, people always ask me, do I regret the things I've done? Do I regret what I've been through? Or do I regret the hurt I've put on to others? Of course I regret it. You know, I wish I never hurt these people. I wish I never did these bad things, but I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it because it is brought me to where I am today. It's made me who I am today. I wouldn't be sitting here with you if I changed all that stuff. I, I, I wouldn't be in this mindset if I if I changed that stuff. So, you know, everything I went through, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it was, 
it's brought me to where I am today. And today I've written my memoir. I just finished shooting a documentary about my story. I've done a TED talk. My, my memoir is being turned into a movie. Um, I'm doing amazing things and I'm, I'm speaking around the world and doing, you know, keynotes and doing, you know, these talks with, with amazing people like yourself. So everything I've been through and I've been through a lot of hurt in my life, it's brought me to where I am today. And, you know, I still go through my depressions. I still go through yes. my my dad, my bad days and dark days. So don't think, okay, great. I'm in therapy. I'm doing it now and life's great. No, because it's always going to come back and hit you. Yeah. Let's be realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still- and, and I love what you're saying because I was just going to say that to you and you and I talked about it off here and I love it. So survivors, you know, normally we're all about the healing and how to move through and, and using our amazing guests like Nathan you know, to teach and share so that we can all learn and, and grow. But, you know, there are times when I'm triggered where I just think, oh, I might have a bit of, bit of wine and that might turn into a bit much wine. Or I might end up eating not just a, you know, a bit of chocolate, but a massive big bar. So, you know, addictions can creep in. Self, self-soothing things will occur. Nathan will have his own list of what he he'll reach for as well. But the point is this: acknowledge where you are and love where you are, because we can't afford to beat ourselves up because of some evil pedophile. So whatever you are, wherever you are, you know, there's just nothing but love and respect for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, if I can say anything is that talk about it, tell someone as hard as it is. And you think that no one's going to believe you. And as, as, as all of that stuff. And it's the hardest thing. The hardest thing I ever had to do was first speak about it and tell yeah. someone, yeah. but it does get easier. You know, you're going to go through a roller coaster of emotions. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to go through so much in your life. But from the day you talk about it, it does get easier. Yep. You'll gain a better understanding. And the most important thing is surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with the people who are going to love you, who are going to listen to you, who are going to believe you. Because all we really want is for someone to sit and listen. All we really want is for someone that we can just talk to. Um, You know, we've all heard the saying, it's okay not to be okay. I think we need to take that one step further. Yes, it's okay not to be okay. But more important than that, it's okay to say you're not okay. It's okay to tell someone it's okay because, yes, it's okay to not be okay. But if you're just going to sit in that and not do anything about it, nothing's going to happen. So you need to take that one step further. It's okay not to be okay, but it's okay to say you're not okay. It's okay to tell someone that you're not okay. It's okay to seek help. I love that. And, and you know, a little thing here that that you might, you've already alluded to actually when you talked about the writing, sometimes for our beautiful ones watching, it can be a real struggle to have the words leave our mouths because we've been threatened, haven't we, to shut up or you will be killed, et cetera. 
what's your theory about actually then if you can't talk, even just writing it down and giving it to someone? Actually, that's what I'm doing. That's one of my, you know, new campaigns that I'm doing. And, and I hope, you know, your listeners do this. If if they are unable to talk about it verbally, what I've started to do on Instagram and TikTok is I've asked my listeners who are unable to talk about it to write it down, to email it to me, and I will tell your story online. I will tell your story. It'll be anonymous, but I will tell your story and it's going to help you get that closure. It's going to help you find that peace. And it's going to help you and everyone else around you understand that you are not alone, that we are all going through this or that we have all been through it. Whether it's one form of abuse or another form of abuse, we're all in this together. So if you are unable to talk about it, if you're unable to verbal verbalize it, write it down and, and send it to me. And I will read your story out for the world to hear, to know that you are not alone, to know that you are, we are all going through this with you and we support you and we love you and we're listening. It's so beautiful. And Nathan, just as we're going into the last couple of minutes, you know, what a beautiful big heart you have. It's such an honor to sit with you today. You too. You too. It, it really is. And, and I hope we can do this again in a year's time or however long time. And, and oh, no, you're, you're not going anywhere. We haven't finished with you yet. But uh, <laughs> any, 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 um, anything else you would like to say, Nathan, before we end our interview today? Anything you haven't yet said or you would like to say? You know, as I, I touched on it earlier, that hurt people hurt people. But more importantly than that, healed people heal people. So, yes, when you heal yourself, you're healing everyone else around you, your loved ones, your family, your your whoever it is. So the journey can be hard. It can be long. But, but stick with it and you'll get through it and you're going to be okay. You are going to be okay. So do the work as hard as it is. Surround yourself with the right people. Um, and just talk about it because the more you talk about it, the easier it gets. It, it really is. And yeah, like I said, heal people, heal people. The more you talk, the more you're healing everyone else around you, whether they've been through abuse or not. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, as you say, we're all here, we're all listening, we're all together in this, and and we need to move forward as a collective. We need to move forward as one. We need to support each other, and we need to start changing the narrative. We need to start having a conversation. We need to start educating our children. And the only way we can educate our children is by educating ourselves first. Yeah, I totally so, agree. Yeah. Hey, well, looks. please stay there, lovely Nathan. And, uh, you know, survivors, how lucky are we today? There's so many things. My head's actually spinning. One of the things um, Nathan mentioned, and he mentioned it several times, was shame. And as we know, this channel and and 
and the charity I run is called Handing the Shame Back because as survivors, that's what we do when we speak. We're handing the shame back. So I hope you got that, Nathan. <laughs> the uh, the other thing he he mentioned was that you know writing a letter to the abuser and and actually writing a letter to the abuse I love that and I think that's so powerful because it's not something we often hear and what a what a very powerful unique tool so yeah i'm not saying do that if you're newly in your healing phase but maybe with a therapist or a trusted person could be really good um and just as we're ending this is part two with nathan spateri um i would just like to say as i always do you guys are awesome it's such an honor to be in your company and to feel i can bring you something that just might help your day go a little easier so with love as always i see you i stand beside you and i believe you